happy tenant is a good tenant. We did not intend to be in the property management business. The property management industry is very sharing. We're providing housing for human lives. And life happens to everybody. You don't manage as many properties as I do without the stories. Like six grown men jump back like, what the hell was that? Something's about to eat us. You're listening to the Property Manager Podcast, brought to you by Buildium. Real stories, real people. I'm Tony Milo from Buildium, and this is the Property Manager Podcast. Welcome to season two of the Buildium Property Manager Podcast. My name is Tony Myla. I'm the Senior Content Marketing Manager here at Buildium, and I'm joined by Rachel Graham, Director of Marketing, and Fred Tracy, Video Editor Extraordinaire. Welcome. So uh, let's talk about what's going to make season two of the of the Buildium Property Manager Podcast special. Definitely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me in the studio this year. I kind of lurked in the background for, for season one. And one of the things that we saw when we first started thinking about Buildium podcast was, you know, what else could we add to the conversation? There's tons of podcasts that talk about things that affect property managers every single day. But what we realized when we looked around was there wasn't anywhere where the property managers stories were coming directly from them. And you know, we love talking to property managers at trade shows, at conferences, just when we're out in the world or when we're on the phones. And my favorite part is those insane, crazy, epic stories that property managers have. The alligators in the swimming pool and the copper thieves. And, you know, and if you don't know what we're referencing, go back and listen to season one. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. There, you know, property managers are also the unsung heroes of the real estate industry, very much like our own Fred Tracy, video editor extraordinaire. Ain't that right, Fred? It's been fun, but yeah, I've definitely heard things that I can't unhear now. <laughs> Well, yes, that's just how it goes, right? That is the day-to-day of a property manager. You just, you've got to roll with the punches and you've got to really just help people in their places of habitation and sometimes crazy things happen. So with that said, let's talk about season uh, season two and episode one. We actually talked to Tree Homes and they are a property management company out of Austin, Texas. We spoke with Andrew Roberts and Matt Teifke. We got into, you know, what is happening in the Austin market these days, which is booming. It is completely booming. Of course, there are huge companies there like Google, Facebook. There's a whole huge tech boom going on. But in addition to that, we talked about their unique value proposition offering. And, you know, we're seeing that investing and investment advice and our consultative approach, something that a lot of property managers are really starting to adopt as part of their services. That's totally right. And and they have such a great story. I love listening to that conversation. They are really taking advantage of the boom that is happening in their market. When you look at different markets, there's primary markets and secondary markets. And there is just a surge of residential real estate activity happening in these secondary markets. And Texas was all over the study that we did, Austin and San Antonio and Fort Worth. And uh, if you're curious, about learning more, dear listener, we will include a link to uh, to that blog post in the show notes so that you can see what's going on in a market near you and see if there's an opportunity for you to innovate your services to better serve your clients. Great. So I think with that said, let's take a listen. Let's check out that interview and uh, yeah, hope you enjoy. Today I'm here with Matt Teifke, founder and owner of Tree Homes, as well as Andrew Roberts, Director of Marketing. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, Absolutely. what's up, buddy? Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great Great to have you. Great to be talking with you today. And our topic for the day is building a property management brand of financial independence in a thriving market like Austin. So clearly, you guys are located in Austin, uh, and you've, you've been around for, for a good amount of time. So tell, tell me a little bit about the Tree Homes story. I'm curious to, to learn, 
you know, about your uh, where you guys come from and your roots. I was lucky to kind of be around real estate at an early age. My mom, a single mom, started buying rental properties. And so that's what got me thinking about real estate. I was lucky to just pick it early. I was 17 years old and I knew that that's what I wanted to do after working a bunch of different jobs. Simply seeking that financial independence and having to have a boss and look at the clock. Um, so we actually started basically you know, when I was 18. Uh, we grew up here in Austin, but I moved to Corpus Christi and um, started real estate, just learning as, as a, an agent, working at a brokerage that also did property management and then kind of learned that model. And as our career progressed, we actually uh, got into property management and actually started with myself uh, managing a couple of fourplexes in College Station. And I had no idea what I was doing. But you figured it out though, clearly. So. Yeah, figuring it out, man. So uh, I had a, a, the owner was a firefighter from Houston and he took a chance on me and I was just kind of putting the rent on an Excel spreadsheet, the expenses underneath it, the profit, the management fee. And that's how I sent him his reports. And eventually we ended up partnering with the group out of College Station that had about 2000 doors. They brought Lexi in for six months to learn everything that they did and how the infrastructure would work for a larger company. Two years later, we bought them out and now we own it 100%. Um, so pretty much live and breathe real estate, you know, for the last eight years. And now Lexi runs all the operations for us. You know, what's I've been to Austin before. It's an amazing city. For those who have visited, know this. For those who have gone to South by Southwest, know this. Uh, of course, there are world-class restaurants. It's just a great quality of life. But what is the Austin market like these days, I remember Keep Austin Weird was a thing when I visited a long time ago and, and it had a, a certain quirkiness to it. So what is, the, what is the market like when you walk down the street these days? Well, so it's very much still um, has a, a Keep Austin Weird vibe to it. Um, I mean, there are like, from an outsider's perspective, from someone who doesn't uh, live in Austin, it can look like there's a lot of big businesses coming into Austin, like uh, Apple and Amazon and um, some of those big wigs, um, and thinking that they're kind of shoving the little guy out. Um, but really, the, the people in Austin love small businesses, and they thrive on the locals, really, um, in that local vibe. Even though people might be working in Apple, they love small businesses, and they're the ones that are going and shopping in all these small businesses. The city's expanding, um, and it's still you know, not really that difficult to, to get into the city from uh, some of the suburbs. And, and one more thing about the city being unique for some reason everyone here likes to support local they want you know to eat at a local place and so it's a really interesting real estate market there's a lot of big chains that come here and then they don't do very well so del taco from california came in and they opened up eight or nine locations and they're like oh wow we're competing with a, a city that really loves breakfast tacos and we're a chain and nobody wants to come here yeah and so i'll be honest i had about seven breakfast tacos in three days when I was uh, visiting Austin last. And none of them were at Del Taco. Never considered going to a chain, right? Yeah. Didn't, right. didn't, didn't yeah. go to a chain. No. Uh, like you said earlier, uh, offline is that it's it's a secondary market, but it's the prices are priced like a, a gateway market or like a San Francisco. Um, yet there's this local push that people don't want big chains or corporations here. And then you still have the biggest of the corporations growing like Apple or Amazon or Google. So it's really an interesting, unique market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's right on too with the stats that I have here about the city. Uh, 
we actually put out a blog post on Buildium's blog about up and coming markets in real estate a couple months back. And of course, Austin was one of the cities that we featured. Some of the stats that we pulled out there and showed was the cost of living index. And that came up as 95.6 out of 100. So the US average is 100. So we're pretty like, it's a little bit cheaper than average, but it's still up there. Um, and I imagine those prices are going to continue to rise with all of the, you know, the economic growth happening. Employment growth, from what I can see from PwC, is 2% roughly each year, while the U.S. average is 0.6%. So, again, you've got a, you've got a, uh, a great market. Uh, you've got some year-over-year rent growth of 2.3%. So it's, it's healthy, right? You can, you can tell that it's healthy. And that's a trap that a lot of investors from out of state can fall into is seeing those stats and seeing how good it is and not seeing the property that they want to invest in uh, in person um, and really uh, analyzing that for what it's worth um, because they think it's, it's an awesome market. It's going to be a good deal. But um, sometimes, most of the time it can be and it is, but sometimes um, they fall into a trap of it not being. Right. Oh, that's a that's a really good point. You know, looking at and just getting a little bit more detailed into the different neighborhoods in Austin as a property manager or investor. You know, what are the neighborhoods that are on fire right now um, and where are the most attractive cap rates? And for those of you who, who don't know what a cap rate is, you both correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here. The idea of a cap rate is you take the annual rent that you're going to make on a property and you subtract the expenses of that property and then divide it by the cost. A healthy cap rate. Uh, in a Boston neighborhood might be 6%. Uh, an up and coming market with a higher cap rate might be around 10 or a little bit more. At least that's what we see here. Is that is that about right in your in your estimation? Well, I would say, you know, every deal is different, right? Um, we find a lot of off market deals, but in my opinion, the going cap rate or the market cap rate in, in Austin is not very attractive because, you know, everyone realizes that this is a hot market and everyone wants top dollar. I'm seeing apartment complexes in Round Rock, which is a little uh, north of Austin, that are selling at a two cap, right? Or a, or a four cap. And so that's like the biggest challenge is how do you make sense of that? How do you go buy investments? And I don't think you truly can when they're on the market. I think you've got to be finding off market deals. So you're sitting on $10 million in cash and you're cool with a 2% or 4% return. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and really the idea too with, with cap rates is that if you're going for, I think what that says about Austin is that it's becoming more and more of a stable investment in a stable market, um, which is great in the long run. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good thing to have in general. Uh, when you look at sort of an up-and-coming neighborhood, the idea that is more risk, more reward, right? So if there's kind of a shifty neighborhood or something where the cap rate might be higher, you can get that cost per square foot a bit lower. So, so yeah, as far as going back to the question, what neighborhoods do you find are the most attractive right now for investors in, in Austin? I don't think – I look at it more on the, the particular cities. Uh, like East Austin has seen a major shift. Uh, but that secret's out. So I think you kind of have to go in the surrounding cities like Kyle or Buda, south of Austin, where it's much cheaper and you're just a little bit out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as neighborhoods, like the secret's out. You know, Hyde Park, uh, Travis Heights, all those are just way too expensive to buy an investment that makes sense. Unless, like I said, you can just go sit on, you have some money to sit on. And yeah, I'm sure they will go up in value. Uh, but for cash flow, it's almost impossible in Austin. I did a search the other day of uh, properties under 200000 in Austin, MSA, Georgetown to uh, Kyle. 
and 12 properties came up in the whole MSA and they weren't very nice. They needed a ton of work. So that, that's the tricky part is you're buying houses for 300,000 that maybe lease for 1,500 to $2,200 a month. And on a pure numbers basis, that doesn't really make that much sense. Yeah, absolutely. And we we see affordability problems, of course, in in Boston and you know uh, East Coast cities as well. It's it's kind of insane, like how much it costs per square foot around here. So feel your pain there for sure. Um, yeah. Now, now a question uh, as far as attracting, you know, and and tailoring your services to a, a clientele um, that cares about investing, like. How have your your owners and customers changed because of the demographic uh, and socioeconomic shift that you're seeing in Austin? Uh, well, they've, they've had to get a lot more uh, disciplined, right? Um, you know, we have a lot of property owners, like Andrew said, that, you know, honestly, they came from California, they heard Austin was a good market, and they bought a couple of rental properties, and they paid those numbers, the 300000 for $1,700 rents. Uh, and then their taxes come out, and it's, you know, $6,000, $7,000 at the end of the year. And they're like, wow, I think I actually need to sell this property. And so they're selling it a year later. Um, so they're, they're having to understand uh, how that works and learn on the fly. Uh, you know, we're, we, we understand that and we're plugged in. So we try to explain that up front. And you just have to, you're, you're not going to go find deals right away. It just, they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be really plugged in and find things that are off market and able to make something that is a good investment, in my opinion. Yeah, like Matt said, um, you know, finding deals off market is going to be like the go-to for investors. Um, so that's kind of the shift that we've seen. And then with renters, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, with these you know bigger businesses coming in like Apple, um, their uh, their employees are in our age range of you know twenties, thirties, and um, they aren't so serious about you know buying houses really. Uh, the majority of them at least. And so we're having uh, some people with some higher salaries that are looking for rentals. Um, and so they can afford uh, higher rents. Um, so it's bigger houses or, you know, something different, something more centrally located, um, as opposed to uh, someone who's just looking for uh, a rental that's going to be, you know, very, very affordable. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting fact that you point out that, which I think is we're finding is true with millennials, especially, uh, from uh, the renters report that we put out uh, in June, we found that millennial renters are, are renting more than they have ever before. So we're seeing 65% of households headed by someone uh, 35 or younger renting in 2016. Uh, so 65 versus 57% 10 years earlier. That's a significant jump. And, and, and I think it's something that we're seeing across the US with a whole bunch of def- different demographics. Uh, people are renting more, you know, millennials are renting longer, they're delaying milestones. And in the case of Austin, sure, you have millennials making more money, but it, it's a it's an interesting thing to consider uh, as far as your offering to to renters. So um, what, um, what, what are you finding that your millennial renters want in general as property managers and working with renters? Like what are the things that you're doing with your properties to retain and uh, attract and retain them? Um, well, so I think uh, number one, and with anything, it doesn't matter if they're millennials or not, is we try and you know build relationships the same way we would with our property owners, um, with our tenants, um, and I mean that goes back to just uh, being available and uh, you know having open communication in the property management world. I'm sure you know that there's a, a lot of property managers out there who maybe don't see that as a priority. That's something that we built our our company on was um, relationships. 
Um, and so having that with you know tenants alike, just like our property owners, um, is number one. But as far as millennials, I mean, really, they're pretty easy. Like it's all about you know millennials luxury. are easy. Okay. <laughs> Um, they're easy to we're, we're all millennials are we easy I don't know maybe we are <laughs> I hope so I'd like to think so basically it all comes down to location and price is like you know main priorities for them and then uh, other than that like if the if the property is is good then they're they're happy really because uh, after they sign up for uh, or after they get into the place the only thing that would come up would be a maintenance call, and that's something that um, Buildium has uh, allowed us to uh, have easy access to our, our renters and our, our tenants through that. To streamline maintenance requests. Oh, yes. Buildium does that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, we actually just launched a resident site, a new resident site. Um, so I don't know if you, you both have had the chance to check it out, but there's definitely a way to uh, streamline maintenance requests and actually get them to a certain contact um, in the system depending on what they are. So the interface is new, the process is new, uh, you know, it makes it easier. It, it delivers a, more of a consumer grade experience. So not only can you submit, for, um, you know, maintenance requests, you can pay your rent and it's just a better experience overall. So yeah, glad you, glad you're using that because what we've seen, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen this too, uh, from our research and from that renter's report I mentioned before, is that 87% of millennials said that they appreciate being able to take care of their rental processes uh, online. So, yeah. and to take that even further, 71% of the people of the 1200 people we surveyed that were millennials said they would be more interested in a smart home tech enabled unit. Of course, all of those, uh, you know, all of the, the the techies that work for the tech companies in Austin, just like the tech companies in Boston, millennials like technology, we like it. Um, and, you know, if you can have a nest or something in your property, I'm sure that can go a long way, depending on the owner and depending on the, you know, who you're working with. Right. Yeah. How do you attract new customers? Uh, you know, obviously you're going for a specific demographic here when you're marketing, uh, you're marketing a unit. Uh, how do you you know pull them in to the tree homes family? Our biggest thing is I mean I'll let Matt jump in after after uh, me, but I think our biggest thing is kind of going back to what I mentioned earlier with our tenants is that relationships is huge and so that's kind of a slower play for us. Like we really value building those relationships and cultivating them. Um, and so that goes back to building our I mean building our company. Uh, is primarily based off of getting coffee with people and um, you know meeting people and having them over to our office and um, like I said building those relationships and from that uh, obviously you know being in marketing word of mouth is going to be you know historically the the best form of uh, marketing uh, possible and so that's kind of what we're uh, really honing in on is having that and then obviously with I mean kind of going back to the millennial thing. Um, we have a, a strong social presence, and that's more of a uh, reinforcement. So, I mean, yes, as far as growth, we've run you know some ads on Facebook and Google and um, things like that. Uh, but really, it's so that those relationships that we're building, um, they can uh, go to uh, our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube channel. We can provide value through that, and it's a reinforcement and a kind of a reminder that that hey, we're we're here and we're here for you. Yeah, and we're also super active, uh, myself and Andrew, on all these Facebook pages. There's local investor pages, and people reach out about property managers every day. And by being constantly trying to comment or add value or you know get people our thoughts on Facebook, Bigger Pockets, wherever, 
whenever someone says, hey, who's a property manager, you'll see literally 10 people put tree homes. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, we're lucky uh, because we, we see the value in social media and being online, uh, but there's not many property managers that are doing that. Mm -hmm. And we're doing it every single day. And so that leads tenants to knowing what we're doing. You know, when if someone has a, you know, their lease is coming up, they probably, you know, and they know us, they're probably going to think, hey, we should go look at their site to see what they have. Probably because they see our name on on Facebook every day, you know, something like that. So that's a big value add that we have for our owners is like, hey, not only do we do what every property manager does as far as put it on the MLS, Zillow, all those websites, we also have this really cool uh, social media platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we we started a, a podcast like you guys. That's right. You do you do a lot of content, and that's that's a great thing to note. You put your content strategy. Uh, it's a part of the plan. It's really important. And I think this is great for other property managers who are out there listening to know is that that's a lot of work. And it's something that I see you both doing a great job at. Oh, thanks. Thank you. And, and, and for, you know, other people for advice is, you know, we're two years into doing this and nobody knew our name a year ago. And so it, it was a consistent approach we believed in. And you know, we've got, I think, 50 or 60 podcast episodes, and now we have listeners mm -hmm. uh, where our first 10, I don't know if anyone listened to them for the first couple months. Yeah. It's, you, you just have to be consistent with it, which is not easy. Uh, but if you believe in it and you can do it every day, I, we believe that it works out. 100%. And, I mean, it's like you said, like those first, you know, 10 podcasts, you know, maybe nobody listened to them, but maybe somebody saw us on Instagram, and then that led them to a podcast, and then that led them to something else. Um, and so it's kind of hard to, to really measure all that, but I mean, our plan is just to blast as much content on as many platforms as possible, uh, just to kind of always be a reminder. And like I said earlier, like provide value in any way that we can um, so that when people are ready, like we're here. That's a great, great advice. And now sort of the content that you do create, I'm curious if you give me a couple of uh, examples of your most successful content pieces or your most successful podcast, because I'm just curious. Yeah, um, so one of, one of them was our, our About Us video. You know, we, we put a lot of time into that. That's and beautiful, the, by the way. The, the, thank definitely you. Definitely extremely well produced. Thank you. So, I'd like to give a shout out to Joe Calderon with Calderon Creative who made that video. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of help. Um, and he was great. So. That was a big one, uh, and you know that took a lot of time, and we introduced our team. And then you know one of our podcasts, uh, we had a guy come on who wasn't a legal, you know, he didn't have a green card here, and just kind of showed that, you know, he he ran us through a story. Now he owns twelve rental properties, and he's doing TED talks all over the country. And it was like, wow, like this guy's living proof that anybody can go make something happen. And I like to point people to that podcast, and it's number five on our on our show. Uh, because it's like, hey, listen to this. Now tell me, what's your excuse? And, mm -hmm. and you probably don't have one because this guy's blasted through all those barriers. So that, those are just two of the ones that I really like. That's so our podcast is mainly geared towards, uh, you know, a younger crowd who uh, maybe hasn't taken that leap into uh, investing in real estate. And we kind of want to inspire people to do that. It's a strategy that anybody can do. It just takes time and a commitment. Uh, but there's no reason that you can't go own property. And I, I think a lot of people, millennials, they have no idea what owning real estate is like. I, I talked to a guy the other day and he's like, I don't, I can't buy a $200,000 house. I don't have $200,000. <laughs> I'm like, man, you don't need that. That's yeah, not how it works. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And so they need they need a trusted advisor and they need to be connected with other trusted advisors 
uh, because as you know, whenever you're investing in a property, uh, you know, there are a lot of steps and, mm -hmm. and so it, it's complex and a little bit daunting for someone who hasn't done it before. So it, it's great that you guys are showing the, showing the path to success to millennials because that's, you know, housing for certain isn't getting any cheaper. Okay, we had such a good time talking to Matt and Andrew about Tree Homes and about what it's like in the Austin market. Actually, a couple things surprised me. Wasn't expecting that you know cap rates were were quite as low as they as they detailed, um, but was also really encouraged by how they view the resident experience and the importance of that long term vision for one's company. Um, it's clear that they get it. They totally get it, and you know th that's the drumbeat that we've kind of been reinforcing over the last several months because that's what we see happening in the industry. It's this idea of this resident-centric property manager who is, you know, empathy-driven, service-oriented, tech-enabled. Like those are the those are sort of the magic ingredients for uh, for property managers as we get into 2019, 2020 and and beyond. And Tree Homes is a great example. They're nailing it. Yeah, they clearly care about their their clients, they care about their residents and and that's what it you know it goes down to uh, comes down to how they view their company as well because tree homes from what we understand just represents the, this tree and you know family and roots and I think that's a really important thing to to keep in mind is we're serving people in their homes like as property managers and you know that is really a sacred thing it's a great thing to be doing and something we should all feel good about. Let me ask you this: What, what was the key takeaway? What's the one thing you learned from them? I think from them, I thought it was really interesting that they said they don't look at the short term. Um, so they will take a hit um, like on their margins if it means like keeping a resident like uh, happy and in place. And I think that just that idea and that um, vision of resident retention is, is just, it's long term, it's good for the business overall, and it just creates that loyalty and that bond and that sense of, of family and care that I think property managers really have to, to do to be successful. Tony, I have to ask you, did you ask them the question? The question, yes, we did. We actually, and this is a question that we're going to be asking, you know, every property manager each each time we do an interview in podcast season two, and this is a very important question. So the question was, well, what is the epic story that you have as a property manager? What is that incredible, humorous, or heartfelt story? And they had a pretty interesting answer. So we had one property that we were managing kind of learn about this property through the news. We saw the firefighters shooting water at the house. Um, so, you know, this was a particular house that um, we actually had the contractors living in the house while they were doing the renovations. It needed a ton of work. And for, something happened where the uh, walls were basically on fire, but it was smoking for 12 hours. And then the house just shoots up in flames. We ended up seeing it on the news. Um, and, you know, we had a true fire drill on our hands, had to drive down to Corpus Christi to figure it out. Uh, basically, you know, ended up selling that property, but just kind of a glimpse into there's always something crazy going on. We've got about 400 houses that we manage. And so every day there's a new story, you know, something like that. It's just kind of a, one of the random stories. Well, I guess that's a that's a surprise. Can you imagine like waking up and seeing on the morning news that oh yeah, one of your properties is on fire? Oh my gosh, I can't I can't even believe that. That was so crazy. Yeah, and hopefully that's the kind of thing that happens just once. But I guess hey, if you have insurance. <laughs> but the thing is, is I know that we that is not going to be even the craziest story that we hear this season. Yeah, that's that's right. And so we're just getting started here, and so we're excited to to gather even more of these epic stories. 
Before we sign off today, we wanted to leave you with some uh, parting inspiration, words of wisdom. Um, and this one we saw on LinkedIn. And this comes to you from a property manager named Kristen. She's in the Detroit area. And what she shared was, be good to people. You will be remembered more for your kindness than any level of success you could possibly attain. That's a great quote. And we hope that Kristen is listening right now in the case that, that she is. Thank you, Kristen, for that awesome quote. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening again to the Property Manager Podcast, Episode 1. As always, if you are interested in being a guest on the podcast, please reach out to us. Uh, you can reach us at podcast at buildium.com. And if you would just like to listen to the other episodes of the podcast that we have, you can listen to those on buildium.com forward slash podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.